Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, just the dining room. Take the plastic junk off of there. Can you move any slower than this, fellas? Hi. You must be our new neighbor. I'm Nicholas Ozaransky. Call me Oz. Jimmy. Hi. Jimmy Jones. Have we met before? No. Are you sure? Yeah. I remember I got a thing with faces. That is so weird. You look so familiar. Where are you from? Mr. Jones, where do you want this? Who gives a damn? This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, episode 370. I'm Scott Johnson, and I'm joined today by Brian. Who let this fly in here, Dunaway? <laughs> oh, hi. Man, all the ladies in this week's Film Sack movie are spoken. Am I right? Mm, high five, guys. Yeah. Seriously, though, why are all these ladies in this movie smoking tobacco products? I have concerns. Oh, and Amanda Pete, more like Amanda's teats. Yeah, Ibn knows what I'm talking about. I know Woo! what you're talking about. You pause that so many times, even Blockbuster couldn't rewind it. Up top, brother. <laughs> what? Come on, don't leave me hanging. Well, can I at least get a shout out to inappropriate mentor student relations? Bruce Willis, 40s, hooks up with Amanda Pete in her 20s, used his influence as a hitman hero. Wow, that whole storyline just touched me inappropriately and deserves to go to jail. Overall, I give this movie two teats up. <laughs> My eyes are up here, Randy. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Your <laughs> eyes are down there, it turns out. Uh, also with us, Randy, seriously, they're still doing the fly gag, Jordan. Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian, and hey, how you's doing? You know these guys, right? Even though we're over here in the countryside outside of Montreal, and these guys are from a different country, and the internet isn't a thing yet, you know these guys. <laughs> okay, so this one is uh, Big Brian the Head. Uh, you might also have heard him referred to as Brian Booyabase or, you know, Grinning Brian Two Knife Ib. And uh, over here we got Scotty Boombots, also known as Scott the Trot Johns the Fella. You know, he did that thing with the Romanian guys. Anyway, over here. 
This is my boy. This is Brian the Slice de Blasio, Ten Fingers, Southern Brian the Hump Done the Menace Away Game Caselli. But you know he's never done nothing memorable yet. Yet. That's a big yet. Also with us, and finally, Brian the Fly is our chick in the bucket, Ibit. Oh, it's a fly in the bucket. Uh, all right, get ready to clap, guys. You'll right. know you'll know when to do it. Uh, all right, here we go. So no one told you you were gonna be the man. Your wife's a whore, you're poor. Your sex life's in the can. But then you do it with... No, you have to do it there. But then you do it with Natasha Henstridge. And you're going from being a schmuck to someone deserving of this bridge. I watch the whole nine yards till the credits start to roll. I watch the whole nine yards. Every spit take and prat fall. Watch the whole nine yards. Amanda Pete's topless for a third of it. It, it, everybody else did imagine what the movie would be like if it had been David Schwimmer, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. sure, it's really hard to imagine. I mean, right. that, that they did the same thing for a while. Like all three, all three of the Friends guys did seem to have that. Well, I mean, but trajectory Joe, in Hollywood. Yeah. But Joey would have had to play one of the Italians. Like, I, I'm just saying. Like everybody sees the neurotic, <laughs> you know, the neurotic Caucasian doctor as. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just make yeah. sure. Did did could that could that have been more of a trope in the nineties? <laughs> right. I mean, could the whole thing not been like total nineties trope between uh between how much we disrespected dentist mm. during that time? There was such a hate for dentist during that time. That right. whole thing. Like... That whole thing of like a uh, highest uh, suicide rate of any any profession is the dentist. That was like a thing I heard in the nineties yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. and they used it in this movie I, once didn't they bring it up uh oh many times yeah. and and rachel left uh her dentist at the beginning of friends uh and so like i said it, everything during the 90s seemed to rotate around what a shit job dentistry was yeah uh, yeah it was bad Why is that? yeah i want to say that there were other movies even involving hitmen didn't the one where um uh, the dude hired someone to kill his wife, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was one of the, or River Phoenix was one of the hitmen. Oh, oh God! I don't know. I'm, I'm barely this, remembering this, any of this, but I want to say the main character in right. that one was uh, "I Love You to Death." This movie, was that it? oh, this "Love movie You to Death," yes. almost right. Yeah, this movie is almost an exit to the '90s. It went. Oh. What did we love during the '90s? Hitmen and dentist, <laughs> or, or hate. <laughs> However. Yeah. And oh, we're yeah. going to put them in a movie together, and we're going to just round out the 90s, and, uh, and just that's what we're going to do. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, I Love You to Death was actually a, about a pizza parlor, not a, a pizza parlor guy. owner. Yeah. The right. Kevin Klein deal. I remember that. 1990. Some, there was Jeez. some other thing with a dude who was a dentist, and his wife wanted well, to kill him, and he was There like were so many. Like, uh, like, I kept thinking of Gross Point Blank, and... You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. There were just so many movies with hitmen. Yeah, right. Hitman was a dentist. I was like, right? there was a dentist in uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> there right. was, there was a listen. There was a. I mean, there was a time there. Yes, where everything was hitmen all the time. But I am going to just suggest that Gross Point Blank be elevated from that a little bit because it's amazing, and all right, yeah. other, all others quake in its shadow because that's a great freaking movie. I, and I gotta and as say, far as dentists go, uh, you know the the dude who sticks his tools in uh, Dustin Hoffman's mouth in uh, Marathon Man. Is, oh my gosh, I hate that. That's pretty so good. Bad. I gotta. 
I gotta say the the spark of idea that may have created this story, which is the idea that a that two professions, one that is totally satisfactory hitman, totally self-indulgent versus the uh, you know, the I accepted life as it is dentist. There is a, such a, a power for the dentist to be able to uh, convince the police uh, by dental records that things are different than they are. So I, I think that spark of the idea, it was a really good idea. It's like, hey, let's put a dentist together and a hitman together. That seemed like a really good idea, right? Hmm. And then you get this. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> it's probably just because it's perceived as such a pedestrian kind of job. It like is. It's such a, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's important to remember as we're looking at this film that this movie is uh, old. It's it's pre-9-11. It's pre-phones, uh, really, like smartphones especially. Yeah. No social media, all this kind of thing. Like it's When you look at it and you're going, wow, this has aged really badly. Well, yeah, it's in a, a strange slice of time before the internet was really a thing. Your parents didn't have internet at this point. You well, know? Right. yeah, <clears throat> I mean... I don't know. It's 2000. There's there was some of that going on. I mean, I'd had internet since 94, but I'm I you know, I may have been edge case. But I agree. Right, right. I agree it's wedged right in between what the what we were is we were at the 2000 bubble of the internet where it thought it wanted to be uh you know, pets.com and a thousand other dumb ideas that all crashed around it. Yeah. And right before we were like, "Oh, actually this is what the internet's for." And then then we moved forward, and you're right. We're like seven years from a smartphone. Well, this is also long before certain entertainment that we all now know, like The Sopranos and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And so it seems kind of quaint mm. watching this movie. A lot of people love it. Like I got, we got all kinds of Twitter happening yeah, yeah. last night where people are like, "Oh, I love that movie. It's so good." The word, the sequel. I terrible. like it. Uh, Those people are either remembering Amanda Pete or they're thinking of <laughs> analyze this. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I gotta say, I'll, I'll go ahead and I will go ahead and say I do like this movie. I but defending it is going to be hard. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like it. I like the movie. I I, I, liked, I liked it more movies. than I thought. This is my first viewing, so I didn't know what to expect, and I liked it more right. than I thought I was going to like it. I actually think some of the slapstick works. Some of it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Bruce Willis was really paying attention. I think he just sort of phoned this one in, <laughs> but he didn't um, need to yeah. for this. I mean, he. <laughs> You know, for the character that he was kind of playing, he didn't even need to be on set. He really just could have, like, has, they right. could have had a wax dummy of right. Bruce Willis with his voice with has, a phone. Yeah. <laughs> has there ever been uh, put together such a likable cast? I feel like that yes. was, like, the yeah. cast. A thousand was, million yes. times that more. Was, that, that's actually been a thing for the top tier of comedies for a while, where you spend way too much money on casting mm-hmm. than you need to, right? Because, like... Like even Matthew Perry, this is the peak of his his cost, right? He right. he never cost more than in in two thousand, and right. and for good reason. The guy is you know he he only he can only play this one role, right? Where he's neurotic but he, and but he does it so well. Well, all right, let I me think, let me. I think you yeah. should check out a TV show that was on. It was only one yes. season, sadly, yes. but it was called Go On, and it was really fun. Was like yeah. a member of a support group, and they had again, it was a it was a great ensemble cast, but he's Less neurotic and more just self-destructive. What was that Which sunset? Probably more. What was that sunstrip? Sunset strip show that? Oh um, yeah, right. Studio eighty on the sunset strip. Yeah, the Aaron Sorkin deal. Aaron Sorkin thing, and it was post. Uh, let's see, that was post West Wing. Uh, I think even post Sports Night. So like, and it didn't 
last very long, but it was no, he was really it was of, dr- all dramatic. Like it was very different for him. For um, some reason, I'm thinking that that began the same year as Thirty Rock because they were laughing about how there were two shows about Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live style um, right. background shows. But God, it seems like that was way newer than Thirty Rock. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, it, the, it really does. Yeah. The movie I wish everyone could see, and I've never found a way for anyone to see it, is called Numb. Mm. And well, how do you know it exists then? Because I saw it at a film festival. Mm. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm absolutely positive. I, I I actually went back and saw this movie a second time at the same film festival because I was I was so impressed with Matthew Perry in the lead role, and it's really just a character study about a a guy who's a a, a depressed screenwriter, and something happens to him, and he loses all of his emotions. Mm-hmm. He becomes completely emotion free, and so the the movie tries to imagine such a thing and tries to get you to examine how. Uh, you know, emotions play a, a role in your every minute. Hmm. And Matthew Perry is actually really good in the the role. But I, you know, you like come away going, Matthew Perry's really replaceable. Like he's not, <laughs> there's nothing about him that's special. You know, hmm. like. I'm going to disagree. I think that his physical comedy was fantastic. He's got something about him this this very tragic, yeah, but comedic. And you can I I don't feel like you can replace that with just anybody. He's likable. It's he tragic. Definitely, but he definitely comedic. does a good spit take. Like like yeah. better better than Joey or Ross. Like he's you know right. Yeah, he's, it, he's, a, he's a good. There are times there are times during this movie that the that that sort of thing the like the double take what the what you know mm-hmm. is kind of a little on the distracting side. A little? It might be that I'm a Matthew Perry apologist. It might be that I have a little <laughs> bit of a man crush on Matthew Perry, and I, I like him a lot. And something is so comforting about his character. He was always my favorite in Friends. He was, he was your favorite friend. friend. So yeah. let's, let's, let's just go around the table real quick, and let's just talk about our favorite friends. And I'm going to say Matthew Perry was always my favorite friend yeah. and the one i most associated yeah. with mm. uh, i think that's, I think that's pretty say? true it's like it's like it's you, either you, him or gunther yeah you, right <laughs> this, marcel this, this is a discussion that's been had a billion times the last 25 the years yeah. yes. seriously and it's always the same like different people like uh chandler different people like phoebe different people like monica for you know, you know, for different. Who likes Phoebe? Me, I like oh, Phoebe. She's adorable. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Phoebe's great. I love Phoebe. Uh, no one, no one likes Ross, but that's how he was. Written. I love <laughs> Ross. Is my second favorite. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's he's yeah. written he's written you lost such. Yeah, he, he's such I, a butt monkey my, on the script. My favorite episodes are Unagi and the leather pants. Okay, but that's when the, he was just a cartoon character. Those later seasons, Ross became not a person. Ross became a spastic cartoon character whose pants were down. Like he was just, that was, they broke his character. He was no longer, like nobody was romantically involved with him. He lived by himself. He muttered to himself. He was kind of a crazy person. And when well, he, he got, was erotic, and when he did, right? Yes. And the leather pants thing was funny, but it was always at the expense of, all right, well, we're just throwing Ross to the, he's just a Looney Tune I- now. I, no, I don't think it was Looney Tune. I think he was a, a, also a tragic character. Of Ross was always trying too hard. His character has always been well, someone who tries too hard. They're all trying really uh, hard. They all, they all I, work. I and, think, and that's no, the thing. Like, 
<laughs> like the the reason you like Chandler and Joey is because they're sitting next to each other in leather lazy boys and they got a duck in the bathroom. Yeah. Like that like what could be better? They're not tr- they're not trying too hard. Yeah, no. But but they're but they're totally understandable. Like Ross is right. is written to be a weirdo and and like okay, I'm just I'm just saying everybody's had this discussion. It always reveals <laughs> all of all of these like little different things. But these guys aren't that different, right? Like, yeah, right, like right. when I say when I say uh, uh, he's replaceable in this movie, I'm forgetting Matthew Perry is replaceable in this movie. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people like him. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay, I, I, it's, it's interesting. I, but maybe I can't see it. So give me some examples of Matthew Perry replacements that I might be able to accept. I I, I can't see him being replaced because. That level of neuroticism during the 2000 with that much slapstick, with that kind of youth. Easy answer. I can't imagine anybody else. Easy give answer. It, it. Paul Rudd. He could have done this. No problem. Yeah. Paul, I, think... I, I don't think he's got that slapstick in him. No, it's not. I'm not, I mean, I'm not even saying that. He'd play it slightly differently. If you're looking for somebody yeah. who behaves exactly the same, I don't think that's the question. The question is, right. is he reasonably replaceable? It's kind of like uh, the trivia says. Kathy Griffin was up for the Amanda Peet role and 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 had it basically. Oh and then some no! Yeah, no, I know. That <laughs> right. was my first thought. I was like, oh but, gosh, no, please, that's not good. And uh, but she could have been, she would have fit in. I mean, they make people fit in; they just do it. Right, and my, that's the my thing. Biggest... Will, I just want to answer the question. Will Ferrell could, could have done this. Mike Myers could have done this, and he's Canadian. No. Uh, yeah, yes, he absolutely, totally yes. could have. No. Yeah, totally um, could have. I agree. Uh, you know, uh, like. I, I, I don't think Owen, you guys Owen Wilson, Owen and Luke Wilson could have played that role. I don't think Easily. you guys appreciated the slapstick. The, my biggest laugh moment for me, and maybe we have different comedy tastes, but when Matthew Perry runs all over the immovable Michael Clark Duncan mm-hmm. and falls behind the couch and pops up. <laughs> oh, it's no hysterical. One had, it was funny. No one had that kind of energy. You and I, you and you I captured, so, so uh, this is the thing that, uh, Dunaway and I do every week. We make gifts while we're watching the dumb movies, mm-hmm. and sometimes I always know when there's a scene that you and I share a, a sense for when we've captured the exact same thing and made a yeah. gif of it. And that happened with that exact scene. And uh, it is funny and it's well handled. And could you say Luke Wilson wouldn't have handled the slapstick as well? Eh, maybe, but I'm not sure that would have broken the scene. I don't because we don't have anything to compare it to. I think it would have just been fine. Like yeah. and Luke Wilson's think, a great pick. He's, I think he's, he's a little bit. I I think Luke Wilson is a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit too confident to play that part. I I think you need someone who is self-deprecating, like Matthew okay, Perry. Jason Bateman. I, I don't think I don't yeah, think Jason. Well, Bateman. Jason Bateman might be. <laughs> he can do maybe it. the closest. No, he could do it. He could totally do it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's also a thing like Matthew Perry at times was a little bit large for this role. Like, obviously, they got Michael Clark Duncan in there and it made everybody look small. Yeah. But yeah, like I, um, I was imagining America's finest comedic actor, Brendan Fraser. And then I thought, you know, he's actually he's a little too large for the role, right. you know, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, that kind of thing. But uh, Jason Bateman, man, he would have been great. I think Jason Bateman would have been an okay pick but i think it would have been a very any, parallel it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been any better or any worse it would have been just the same i don't think there's that many replaceable actors it would have been very hard i think you guys are going like oh yeah anybody could do it i'm like ah, eh, maybe just the, I mean, uh, it, I'm, look I'm into, definitely not i want to yeah. i want to correct that i'm definitely not saying anyone could play this crappy little role i'm saying <laughs> i'm absolutely saying that that there's got to be a reason that this was peak matthew perry and he oh, sort of fell off 
and he went back to TV a little bit, and you see him here and there. Well, he was mid. And, he was mid. Uh, mid friends here. Friends didn't end till two thousand four, right? Yeah, right. So right, and they were all they were all looking to expand into movies at that point in time. Right, but but he was his his price was going up and up and up. The last five years of that show, he had gotten to where he would make more in three episodes of Friends than he could make on a movie. Yeah, you know. And, and like maybe, and maybe he's just that kind of person that's like rested on his laurels, right? Like he mm-hmm. remains an actor, but he's got so much money. He doesn't. Need well, to. let's not forget. He was, he was a horribly, a horribly addicted yeah. to prescription yeah. drugs at that point. So yeah. are we, and can we say that uh, Jennifer Aniston was the friend that did the best post friends? Oh, absolutely. For sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm on, okay. Let me let me let me qualify I mean, that. Town, I agree Cougar with Town was huge. I agree with you that she was the most successful Cream post series. this for sure. However, mm-hmm. I think in terms of quality of work, hmm. I'm giving oh, it. That's a different question. I'm giving it to Pirates. Ross. I'm giving it to Ross. Oh, really? Everything oh, really? I've seen him in, like Band of Brothers and freaking that O.J. Simpson trial yeah, thing, and thing he's yeah. really good in these roles and really like. You get the okay. feeling he's really working well, I mean, it. But if you say quality, I mean, then I'm actually going to say Matthew Perry because Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip was sure. really good. Also had Amanda Peet in it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, Dolan there's was really good. You're talking about three different things simultaneously, about whether they're a really good actor, whether they've made a lot of money, and whether they've made good script decisions. Well, that's the thing. I'm saying most successful. I don't care about whether they're good or not. I mean, I think, um, <laughs> I think actually all six of them have... Well, five of them. (laughs) (laughs) I think Joey, you know what? uh, uh, Matthew, Matt LeBlanc, I think, was hilarious on episodes. I don't think there's been anything else. Talk about rest on your laurels, right? This is a guy who made a ton of money and went home. Like, I think I love that. I love it when he's when they trot him out and he's got gray hair now on a like late night talk show. And like, what are you doing? I'm working with my local theater, some kids, you know, like, yes. But keep in mind, he didn't go home right away. They tried to do the Joey spinoff from Friends, which I did. I was not that Joey apologist. I liked it. You know what? That Joey show is not as bad as a lot of other shows. I just don't think it had a chance in hell. You can't, you, can't, you can't take one of the most successful sitcoms in the world, whether you like it or not, that's what Friends was, and then spin it out. It just never works when you do that. It's Enos again. It's Flo. It's a million right. other bad choices. It's a bad idea. But the show itself, in a vacuum, was all right. Can we mm-hmm. can we have a TV comedy, even, even dramedy or black comedy sequel? Anybody think of a sequel to a TV comedy, black comedy, that's as good as or better? Uh, Grady. Anything? Uh, uh, Lou Grant. Literally, it's the black comedy. Oh, Grady. Lou Grant's a great. great. I love the Lou Grant example because it went. It was a laugh track, three a camera comedy. sitcom, yeah. and it turned into a full blown drama. Which is, is when does that ever happen? I know we have to go. I know we all have to go back to the seventies to find a. There's got to be a good example of. Does that. anybody Fra- want to make Frazier. a case? More, Frazier oh, Frazier is a great example. Yeah, okay, but Frazier, but Frazier right. was just here's the character. We're going to follow him along, and now here's yeah. a bunch of new great characters. And it was extremely well made, but it wasn't a like Lou. It's right. not a Lou, a Lou Grant example but, by any but stretch. But when you're no, pitching, no, when you're pitching yeah. Joey, you're you're surely mentioning Frasier. That's a great example. Yeah, that nobody brought up Young Sheldon. <laughs> no, <laughs> but people like that show. I've heard good things. I know critics are. I, I just can't bring myself to do it. Everybody, everybody I know who watches this says, "Oh, it's really good." I, I and can't the critics either. are saying it's good, and I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm with does you, anybody dude. make a case for Better Call Saul? Is that that's, a, that? gr- that's oh, a great Better show? Better Call Saul's great. I wouldn't consider 
I wouldn't consider Breaking Bad to even be a black comedy as much as uh, Better Call Saul is kind of a dark comedy, right? I right. think they're both just twisted dramas. I don't find much comedy in either. Like, they're just, sure, there's moments, but like Better Call Saul is way, I think, way more dramatic than than he than right. he was and when, oh, when really? he was a character in Breaking Bad. Oh, then he was in Breaking Bad, sure. But But as far as humor level, I think there's a lot more of it in Better Call Saul than there is in... Oh yeah, you know what it is. I don't think it's more humor. I think there's just less, uh, less uh, destruction and, and horrificness. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just a normal. It's it's a little more yeah, of a normal no, thing. Nobody's getting dissolved in a plastic bin of formaldehyde or whatever. No, it, it more it more plays on like embarrassment and what are you supposed to be and dishonesty and uh, you know that that kind of stuff and and as a result has become its own thing in such a strong way. I I honestly think. I, I would make the argument there are no good prequels in the world except for Better Call Saul. It's incredibly well done. It's so good. Oh, prequels. Mm. Okay. There's a different, slightly different topic, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's hard because whenever you prequelize, you almost always have to come up with a different cast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but so Better Call Saul is like barely able to hold it together. I'd say way uh, more than barely. I think it's a, I think it's a masterclass in how to do no, it. No, I'm saying that uh Bob Odenkirk is that who we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Uh I am saying that like you can't go very far into the past, right? Oh, because oh, then right. he looks wrong. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cuz he's not uh, getting any younger, yeah. You know? By the way, the best example of that that I've ever seen is the TV show Fresh Off the Boat. Guys, you've got to watch Fresh Off the Boat. They keep so they're constantly 20 years behind current. And so they're always making pop culture references in currently 1998, but previously 97, 96. Mm. And they regularly bring the actual living person that they're talking about onto the show. Mm. And so you're looking at wh- whoever, uh, you know, Connie Chung, for instance. <laughs> and they've they've brought Connie Chung in 19 from the like the the character from 97 but she's being played by the current Connie Chung. Yeah, they do that in the and Goldbergs. They, they had uh, uh, Weird Al Yankovic oh. on, and it's harder for a show trying to do the 80s because Weird yeah. Al is in his 60s, and he looks Right. Like, they have to really work to make them look but, young. Yeah. But on, on Fresh Off the Boat, they don't even try to make them look young. They <laughs> so just, they're the 2018 yeah. versions of Connie Chung? And, yeah, mm-hmm. and and whoever. I, I'm, I'm losing, like, Kenny Rogers, you know, this kind of thing. Oh, wow. It's, it's yeah. really there's a guy. There's a guy who looks so dramatically different from yeah. 1998 yeah. to 2018. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, if, like, you got to watch Fresh Off the Boat. It is such a good show. It's uh, via, about a Vietnam family? Is that the deal? Uh, t- Taiwan. Taiwan. Amer- American. Uh, it's an all-American family. With, right. you know, with roots in Taiwan, and it's just, it just never stops being funny. I it's never, one of, it's never speaking saw. of all-American family, anybody excited for Roseanne to make her return? I am, actually. No. I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on no. How are they, how are they going to explain? It. I never watched it. Yeah, how are they, how are they going to explain yeah, John Goodman's death? Here, I don't, here's, why, here's why I'm excited. I have, this is a really dumb reason, okay? So I'll, I'll, I'm fully owning up to this before I say it. But... uh. I'm excited because this, uh, what I've seen from the previews that they've shown for it so far in the trailer and stuff, they're using like real, like decent film cameras or at the very least right, digital cameras right. that don't look like shitty right. video from the 80s. And I hated the way that old show was filmed. And that's a dumb reason to be excited, but I could never watch the old one. As, as groundbreaking <laughs> as everyone said it was, I just couldn't make it through it. 
So Scott, I get to they finally were about see a it. working family. How could they afford better cameras? Yeah, well, they can afford them now. And I like I like John Goodman. So however they're going to explain that, I don't know. But I like him. All that, all that Laurie Metcalf ladybird money. That's how they afford it. <laughs> <the new cameras. laughs> She's but, great. You know, man. I, 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 I absolutely hate Roseanne Barr. It's a travesty Aww. that they're doing oh, this. Wow. Um, like sh- seriously, she's a blight on the universe. But <laughs> why? What? Wait, wow. hold on. Get, back it up. What's the why? The why the Roseanne hate? <laughs> I, her her beliefs and her Twitter. Like I mean, it's it's not as she's not as bad as like Nick Cersei or Adam Baldwin or something, but. She's pretty bad. Well, she's yeah. annoying. She's also a uh, wow. She's, if if you, I if I only watched shows and people who did not offend me, I would be not watching. You'd things. watch the. Okay. I yeah. mean, we, we talk about that all the time, though. Like you definitely like you don't have a level of offense that a lot of people do. You know, like you just right. don't. You know, it like is hard. I, uh, you know, you're not wrong. It's hard to separate the the person from the art. Um, we're in the process of listening to a lot of Kanye West for soundography right now, Hammond and I. Yeah, yeah. And congratulations. To, <laughs> thank you. Well, prior to listening to it, I mean, and we're listening to his entire catalog or every every studio album he's released. There's a lot of side stuff. I am amazed at how much I'm enjoying it and how much I'm like, oh my God, this is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's hard to separate the Kanye kind of Twitter douchebag and, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, the online persona, at least the online persona that we all believe we know about Kanye West from the music. And once you do that, it's like, okay, you know what? I, I actually am really enjoying this. Yeah. He ain't saying she's a gold digger. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I just think that's, I think that's, I think that's a, I think that's a really good example. I, I, I saw uh, Kanye on Saturday night live last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're like, uh, maybe I'll just fast forward through this part. Right. right. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to grit my teeth and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch this whole performance and see what he does. Mm-hmm. And it was spectacular. And I came yeah. away like, man, it, it is really freaking frustrating that he is such an incredible artist in performance. And like the next day we're hearing about he had a meltdown backstage at Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live. And I'm like, how is this possible? Mm. Like, how does a person be such you know such a good uh, performance artist right. you know like and and how could i and i can't let go of it and so it's like yeah. it actually in the end i had to just say you know what i would rather i'd rather not have the art well imagine you know? if me oh, imagine really? not yeah. like you'd sacrifice the art for the the yeah the wow then you're the you're going to have a very bland life artists typically are <laughs> assholes here, here's what would happen. No, imagine, imagine listen, I understand right. this. What if I was, okay, if I did a podcast with you guys, it could apply to any of us, but I'll use me as an you example. You do, do podcasts with us, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. This, but uh, we're doing one right now. Well, there's more to the story. So well, let's okay, say I, I do podcast with you guys, but in my... I'm gonna let you finish. Out, <laughs> nice connection. In, out, in any sort of outside stuff where I'm on, uh, not on a show, and so let's say you know Twitter or Facebook or, or, or what other public face, facing I have, I spend the entire time saying women should be um, at my uh, beck and call and make me a sandwich and men are superior. And if I started talking like that, and yeah. that was my whole thing, kind of Nick Cersei style of man, he's okay. good on TV, but holy shit, is he a dick in real life? Yeah. I, I fully expect there would be a big percentage of people that would not be able to separate the art from the dude and they would mm-hmm. t- they jump ship. Of course well, you, they would. You have you have 
present evidence of this. Yeah. No. Going to a pretty extreme example, though. I mean, it's not even that extreme because my I'm a I'm pretty pretty open about uh, some of my stances on certain things. And if, uh, for example, if you know somebody out there is uh, look, my hatred of Trump knows no bounds. Sure. Uh, and so that's enough for a, at least a handful of people who really like the dude to say, F that, I can't listen to your shows anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. it happens. Um, it where, where we get to the scale of, all right, you're a super well-known Hollywoody type, you know, whatever, and you make movies I really like or whatever. Let's say you're a big comedian fan and Roseanne really shaped the way you thought about, you know, comedy or... or um, uh, middle class style comedy, that sort of stuff. Because there's no doubt she made she made an impact with her, you know her early stuff. But you listen to her now and you think she's kind of insane. Like it's hard. It's a hard call to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate, I kind of hate what you're saying right now, but I sure like all that stuff you made. Like I don't know. It's hard. She had a, she had it's a, a lot easier for me to watch. Just, I mean, I could still watch Justified a lot easier than I could go back and watch House of Cards, for example. You know, I mean, there's. There's a different level. There are levels of this. I don't know what level Roseanne is for you, Randy, but it does sound like it's a pretty heavy level. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's me, like a me, 10. It's like a 10 on the hate scale. But, I, you know, there's. I think there's nuances for everybody, right? Like yeah. Roseanne has a cameo role on the TV show Cristela, which makes it sound like it's current. Cristela had one season. Cristela I've never heard of it. Uh, so you've heard of, Chris, you've like heard a, of Cristela Alonso? Sounds like a drug no. to me. no. Okay, well, Cristela Alonso is a stand-up of the, of Long Island uh, Alonso. She's, <laughs> she's the first. She's the first Latina to ever have to ever have her own starring uh, television show. All right, and oh. and it's amazing. It's like it, it, it's really funny, but it only lasted one season. It only lasted one season, <laughs> and that says something about uh, audiences for such things. Mm. Even I the, the Jane the Virgin, because uh, that's got a lead, Latina lead actress oh, that's right like yeah. four or five seasons hasn't it yeah i think so okay fine fine make your argument <laughs> let me come back to let I'm me come back holes in your enchilada yeah. aren't i <laughs> yeah you are so roseanne roseanne has like a, a a very minor character that shows up in an episode and then repeats in a couple more episodes and it's great she does a great job she's funny she plays the role right and 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 this is like nick searcy in the shape of water like I hate Nick Searcy. I think the universe would be better off without him. But his role <laughs> in The Shape of Water is exactly the perfect thing. Like, I hate that uh, character, too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So, so if you know what? I, see, I totally see what you're saying. So maybe if, um, like, on, in stuff where, see, I don't want to use Kevin Spacey because I think his stuff goes far beyond just being a dick. Well, he's also the, he's also yeah. the star oh, any, of that. Anytime. Though. Anytime you, know? you go from yeah. uh, speaking ideas to actually exploiting, yeah. that's, right. a, that's a different level. It, okay, it well, is, Nick but Cersei, he's, Nick Cersei's like, never going to be the star of anything. He's always going to be a secondary character, and I think oh, that right. counts. He's, but, he's, but he's actually, a, he's actually trying... Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I oh. I just Scott Scott doesn't know that Nick Cersei's trying to star in a movie. No, I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he's been trying his whole career. I'm saying that up till now, I know him... Uh, the only way I know Nick Cersei is secondary characters. That's it. Right, okay. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, he's... He's not as much of a dick on uh, uh, Justified. He's he's trying to be a likable guy in Justified. So you'd have a, a bigger problem with that than, like you say, for Shape of Water, where he's playing the kind of guy you expect him to be from 
his social media. Maybe yeah. that's the way it should be. So Kevin Spacey can only play uh, perverted, uh, rapey guys <laughs> from now on. We found, we found the right, right roles for Kevin Spacey moving forward. Yeah. I, could, I could almost guarantee you that all oh of us God, would have... Wouldn't that just be the best punishment? Like for all these guys who like are, are you know, coming out in this whole like uh, uh, the time's up and, and uh, Me Too movement. Like, all right, well, you can still act, but now we're, we're limiting you to only play roles of the kind of thing you did. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, can you imagine? That would be, be the best punishment ever. So, uh, Kevin Space, we've got a role for you. Um, you know, the first uh, 18 minutes of the film, you thrust yourself onto the uh, the other male lead. Yeah, you take advantage un- of some, you uh, take advantage of a 14-year-old, and then the rest of the movie, you get the shit beat out of you by people who are mad. <laughs> yeah, like, there's your there's your punishment. I think, I I think, think we're all, I think we're all, as we're recording this, we're all basking in the schadenfreude of Martin <laughs> Shkreli crying in his you know like ultimately uh th- these are these are really impactful problems that mean a lot to a, a lot of people and you can't solve them by liking or disliking individuals uh you know but 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 roseanne is just one of those one of those things where it's like this is a great test case even to know if there's a problem talk to Ten people and nine of them won't even know that Roseanne is problematic. Yeah. Well, I don't follow her on Twitter. Yeah, and I don't either. I, yeah. I've got to say this also. I never saw us talking about the people we hate in a movie that is starring so many likable actors. I mean, have any of these people uh, <laughs> out of the primary five had anything so, that was other so, than uh, you know Matthew Perry's drug? So Michael problem. Clark Duncan was married to Omarosa. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But is but do I hold well, that no, against engaged, him? Engaged because I I said the same thing and Tina corrected me. No, no, they were just engaged. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I sit corrected. Thank you. I don't have. I, I don't have a problem I, with that. I miss <laughs> Michael. I miss Michael Clark Duncan. He passed yes. away in two thousand. Yes. Uh, what was it? Two thousand five. Well, it was, it was longer than I thought. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was great. I loved him. Yeah. He was great. Also, you know, and and boy, he and uh, Bruce Willis were kind of. On, yeah. on the same trajectory, right? Armageddon together, uh, Sin City together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess uh, Clark Duncan was uh, Kingpin and the Daredevil. Yeah, totally was. Right. Thing. Yeah, he was good Kingpin too. I liked him. It was yeah. different. It was a kind of a different take than like what you got from the series and and, and certainly from the comics. For sure. But he was he was yeah. good. Yeah, he died too soon. What a what a beast of a presence that guy is on screen. Just like yeah. A, yeah freaking monster you know now that i think about it it's it's not really a a good complaint to say he was married to an idiot like (laughs) like there's a lot of there's a lot of of couples out there where they are diametrically opposed in their beliefs right and And, and so i love i love them like mary madeline and james carville because in that relationship there's someone for everyone you can think one or the other is the idiot in that right. And, example. And is is this almost is art imitating life because the entire time Matthew Perry's character is struggling through this movie because he made concessions in his life by marrying this mm-hmm. French Canadian woman and 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 agreeing to working with her father and just doing everything that the prototype of uh of not going all the way submissive just, you know, submissive yeah, right. exactly. And this movie is titled "The Whole Nine Yards," which is to means to actually go for it, you know, to to mm-hmm. for the whole thing. Go and so, at the, the yeah. end, his character changed, and he 
went for it and he found love. What is this in uh, what is this in uh, uh, meters? What how many yards is it? Nine. So a, a meter <laughs> and a yard are about the same. Uh, the the story I've always heard is that nine yards was the length of a of a a, a clip of shells for some kind of gun. Right, and, right, right. And so when the bandolera kind of, that you'd put on when you in a in an airplane well, dogfight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something, something that was mounted on. No, some I didn't know that. I thought it was like a football reference or something. I yeah, there. Know. Well, there's been three. It's funny because um, I used to have a website called Ask Brian, and and asked you know people would ask questions about like what's the origin of this phrase and da da da. Yeah. And whole nine yards, I had to do some research on, and there were three different kind of origin stories for the phrase. The can I ask? Yard. Sorry, can me interrupt real quick? What year did you have that up there on the internet? When was this? Oh, like two thousand. Maybe two thousand. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. No, right. no, no. That was a good time for it because because there's no Wikipedia yet. There's no like I I right. totally get why that would be a thing you'd do. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Anyway, I was just curious. Uh, it had a great logo too. Like the A was a question mark. I'm really proud. Right. Did anyway, it, so... it look like Ask Jeeves, but it was you. Is that <laughs> kind of yeah? I still yeah. have the domain too, actually. And and look who's still around and Jeeves yeah. isn't. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure that about that? <laughs> Askjeeves.com. Yeah, Jeeves. Uh, Jeeves died in 9/11. Just, oh, oh geez. Sorry. Go yeah, on. So the three origin stories that I that I found for whole nine yards. One is that that bandolera with the with the bullets in there, and when you take down your opponent, you were said to be giving them the whole nine yards if you used up all of your your bullets. ammunition on one oh. on one enemy. Right. Uh, number two, the one that I think is probably the most likely is it takes nine yards of cloth to make an expensive suit, like a a really good oh, suit. Okay. So you're yeah. giving somebody the whole nine yards. Uh, making them a suit and then there's um nine yards is the amount of sidewalk that you can make with a full load of cement and a cement truck oh that's that's bs is it <laughs> <laughs> that was another one that came up though i love that like one being a possible origin story. they all sound like bs though especially nah. the suit especially i think the, the suit. suit sounds the most probable it I sounds like the it. least probable to me to me the 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 one your first one like, you know, is the one that the, I think but, but the yeah, term but, originally was seen in, in writing like around 1880s and the early 1900s in, in, in a time when everybody that's what you did every every man mm-hmm. had a suit right so i mean that seems that would be possible a right. tailors, you had tailors yeah. tailor made suits and... give me the whole nine yards say yeah they'd say Again. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly how everyone yeah, spoke. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I need to have the suit by Friday. Say, yeah. And, and speaking of speaking, I wish no one in this movie had affected an accent. That should have been out. Oh, Kevin Pollock. What, what about his? Are you his complaining Yimmy? about Roseanne Arquette's oh, accent? Yes, yes, I am. It was yes. so bad. It was, spot on. It was it's so not bad. It's horrible. So bad. Her they, getting was, a Russian actress or not Russian up. French Canadian actress to play that role would have been too much hassle. Apparently, she and I'd like to believe that, that they asked Harland Williams to do a Canadian, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna just talk uh, how I talk." Yeah, I'm just let's like just me. talk about Harland Williams for a second. Yeah, uh, he is just—he is a, a treasure. Oh, he is—he he is, is a treasure. He's absolutely underappreciated, underused. Not just in he this could, film, but I mean, he, he could have. He could have actually played the role that Matthew Perry played. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's actually oh, got that kind of know. energy. Do you think lead? He, think he's lead actor material though. Mm, maybe then. I don't think. I don't think that would have drawn people like to a, the theater. But could he play the part? There was yeah. some Leonard Part Six space half baked. <laughs> he was great in that. Yeah, yeah half baked. Oh, Rocket great. Man. Rocket Man is the thing. Oh, Rocket Man. Yeah. 
Oh, Rocket Man is garbage. Oh, also, if you've never seen Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face, <laughs> that I don't know. One of those weird. every time I go to a. You guys um, have to see friendly, the cover. Uh, I don't know what that is. You have to see, the, have what to is see that? the cover art because he has he's his his face is next to an alien's face and he's got on some teeth prosthetics and they're not only buck teeth they have a gap between them and it's just fudgy, the most amazing. Fudgy Wudgy Fudge. Oh, okay. Oh, Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face. Oh okay. yeah, look at that, dude. Oh, that's a new. Th- oh no, twenty ten. That's a ten. Yeah, roughly recent thing yeah wow. ish. Mm. yeah oh, what are these teeth he's wearing <laughs> gosh dang it dude that's horrifying <laughs> i, I must like know this, more i like the imdb thing also by the way it says people who like this also liked Dahmer versus gacy <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it's not much there's not many things that other people liked oh my gosh look at, is it an alien movie what is this it, it is be, a yeah. ufo crashes to earth the first human the aliens meet is a hillbilly always Ibbett's favorite, named yeah. Elmar P. Fudge, the dumbest man in the world. Wow. Hmm. Huh. Well, this is definitely See, a... And, of course, nothing says uh, dumb, like uh, hugely uh, Over, oversized teeth. front teeth yeah, with a gap. Right. Cartoonish <laughs> front teeth. Amazing. All right. Who else? I'm just looking to see if this has anybody else that would make this like film sack worthy. Andy Dick, which is kind of like... A, oh, yeah. It's usually reasonable. I'm going to watch this regardless. <laughs> you think it's actually streaming anywhere? If yeah. I can find it, I'm watching this piece of trash. Dear Redbox, please carry the movie Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams. Yeah, Harlan Williams. Yes! So, so uh, I, I just like, he's such a trope. And it's like, it's almost like somebody writing this movie was like, we're going to add a trope to this and make him a, actually a cop. Like, why? Why did you do that? We don't need right. the extra layers right. of tropes. Yeah, that's true. There was no reason. There was there was nothing else except for the guy to say, "Oh, one of our guys is is currently casing the tulip," and uh, you right. know, then we find. The I, I tried and... to I tried to understand that as well. I tried to figure out why this triangle existed of triangle of hitmen. I, I couldn't figure it out. It was just weird. It, the, they the they did not spend enough time with that. Like it's literally like, oh, I met my neighbor, I recognize him from a thing, suddenly I'm all wrapped up in this shit. It's not it's they, they that was weak in this movie in my opinion. They didn't the, the whole way that they just got yeah. went from I yeah. shook your hand as a new neighbor to I'm now an accessory to all of this crap is yeah. stupid. Well, and right. you're used to you're used to these TV shows where, you know, uh, Eddie Izzard moves in next door and you spend 17 episodes finding out that he's not who you think he is. Yeah, you know? that takes time, that stuff, usually. For and, sure. And movies By the are way, just one really yeah. one quick thing more about Harland Williams before we completely get away from him. The dude has probably one of the best agents in Hollywood. He has 82 right. credits since one of his first appearances, Dumb and Dumber, where he drinks uh, uh, Jeff Daniels' right. pee. Oh my also, gosh, wow. dude. I also just want to say that what Ibbett said before we get away from Harlan, we, we can never get away. Not truly. You could try. Yeah, not truly. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So, all right. Well, that's good. Well, what was our point? We had a point. Um, oh, so uh, this movie. This is a movie. Yeah. We're talking about likeable, it. Likeable cast. Uh, sure. Yeah. There's some trivia yeah. <laughs> here. There's some trivia here that says Bruce Willis. Now, I don't know if this is true, but, you know, IMDb, take it for what it's worth. Uh, Bruce Willis agreed to guest appear on Friends for free uh, and because he lost a bet to Matthew Perry during filming of uh, or during oh, filming really? isn't is an urban legend. OK, so it's not oh, true. Okay. People magazine star spotlight 2000 states. Willis agreed to guest stint on Friends simply because he and Perry thought it would be fun. News outlets mistakenly reported on the rumor. Willis was, in fact, paid for the role. 
including syndication runs, but donated the money to the American Foundation for AIDS Research, AIDS Project Los Angeles, the Elizabeth Glazer uh, Pediatric AIDS Foundation, and the Rape Treatment Center and UCLA Unicamp for Underprivileged Children. So, if that's all true, well done, Bruce Willis, giving your friends money away to good causes. Yeah, I like it. Like oh, that. also, speaking of Bruce Willis, has any man under, uh, I don't know, 70 ever wore his pants as high as Bruce Willis does? <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. That was Innocent. like his, his entire look, his hat. Like it, it was, it was very funny. Silly. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like that hat. I don't on know. Him. It's like uh, Jersey, you know, very Jersey mob boss looking kind of thing. I thought, I felt yeah. like it fit the character. I, sure. I feel like it fit. I, but yeah, it just seemed like it was a little bit higher than normal. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> high and then there's touching your nipples. You know, it's, yeah. how many, how many, why even wear a shirt? How many Bruce Millett Willis movies are there where he plays a, a, a hitman? I think there's this, there's the Jackal. Am I missing anything the, else? The last, the last stand. Uh, we watched that here on film sack. Uh, he is a hitman of sorts, right? Oh, really? Oh, kind the of with, the um, cowboy guy, the cowboy one, yeah. right? Or one of my no, well, it was it wasn't cowboy, but it was early. It was like twenties, nineteen hundreds. Yeah, it was like the twenties. So it was like yeah, the twenties, and he was in an old town, and yep. he yeah he was kind of a hitman. Christopher yeah. was there. Christopher Walken. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, is it weird that I still? Music was great. Yeah. Ry Cooter is great music for that movie. That was such a well put together movie. It in was. My opinion. Uh, here's another bit when Oz recognizes that his neighbor is Jimmy the Tulip. The newspaper picture that says yes. his two lips are sealed is actually from Die Hard 2 in 1990. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. A lot of yeah, those pictures. He has a lot of hair. Like, it's yeah. like moonlighting yeah. shots. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of those pictures were from from production, you know, like publicity stills and stuff. Uh, it also it goes on to, to say there was a remake of this film made in Bollywood. It was unofficial. All right. It was unofficial, though, so it wasn't, like, you know, sanctioned or licensed or whatever. Uh, it was called Awari Pagal Diwana in 2002, and they remade better, it and added a bunch of music. Better than it. a better than a remake was the sequel, the no, whole Ten Yards. I, I was going to ask if anyone in this room, I have room has watched it. You've I, watched. I, it. I haven't. But I've the, seen both. The consensus is that it's shit. Is what well, I've heard. Yeah, but so is technically so. This one was fun. Yeah, I, uh, everything I, I heard last night when I was tweeting around, people were just like watching. If you're into watching likable cast, this is another like, well, cast. everything Scott Johnson, Scott Johnson just had to watch a movie where, that started with closes close ups of dirty teeth and middled with a guy <laughs> killing a fly with his mouth. Yeah, I there did. is right? way, no way I, too I, much mouth stuff. The, I the, had 11 things on my list of what gross Scott out the most. <laughs> well, for me, the, it was it was two two things only, and it wasn't the one everyone thinks. Everybody online wants to say it was the fly in the hand and then spitting it out. That's I no, I'm, that's I'm not gross. Matthew Perry puke breath uh, answering the door with uh, head <laughs> switch. Yeah, and also no, even worse, even worse. That's not enough time between when she left and then turned around and came back and then made out with him. There wasn't enough time. Yeah, right. You need well, to go. I, you need to teeth. go. We saw him brush his teeth, dude. You gotta I'm go. You gotta he, go a day right. or more for me. You can't. <laughs> I, you can't just brush your teeth. He did a pretty good job of cleaning that. That's he did true. A pretty good. You don't in, until someone that you're close to vomits. You don't realize how much breath is coming from the stomach. Yeah. No, <laughs> dude. I'm not kidding, and and it's not enough time. I don't care if you brushed your teeth six times in a row and then rinsed fifty times after. Give it a day. You can't do it right after. I, that. I like that Scott has so many options. He can choose when uh, when mm. he gets kissed. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, Scott schedules it. All I could think yeah. of was like, oh, species lady, don't make out with him right now. <laughs> this is not good. And that's all I could ever think. I can never remember her name. I know it's Natasha yeah, wonder, Henstridge, is it? But she's Natasha Henstridge. I wonder if she right. gave Amanda Pete tips on how to spend half the movie topless. Yeah, I wondered too. Uh, I wondered if she was going to end up topless. She never did. You know, we yeah. we say we we everybody remembers that. Yeah, it's totally. it just a huge long. It wasn't. She was like topless in like. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Two two scenes, and both of them lasted less than fifteen seconds. I know. I <laughs> and. It just wasn't as much as you think. It's now, a it good a thing. Big Listen, this, like this a is lot because yeah. there's there's time that you know that she's naked running around that house in between yeah. those two scenes. Right, where right. Don't put your clothes on. Go, you know, in a, in a couple of minutes, stick your head. I out can't the stop what you're thinking. I can't. Yeah. St- <laughs> exactly. But we just you were sitting there watching the rest of the scene, knowing, well, Amanda Pete's just still running around that house naked right now. And Since you know right what? Now. I think this movie technically passes the Bechdel test no. because. It has it has two different females speaking to each other, not about the love interest in the bank later. Mm-hmm, I actually true. think it like it shows you that the Bechdel test isn't that. Useful Wait a minute, because... they do, but they do spend the time in the bank talking about yes. if she loves him or not. Should we run away with the money? I mean, what else? Oh, for for sure. But there's also, but I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I think technically the Bechdel test is useless because it just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this. This movie where, where you know, these two conventionally attractive women are really, oh, no, three, actually, right? Like, uh, what's her name? Also, yeah, she's humping Harland Williams the whole movie. It's just like you know, women, are, women are there to marry and have sex with. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I also remembered this movie as Amanda Peet is naked the whole movie. And I was surprised to find she's only naked once i've never seen I, it so i, I didn't know forgotten. what i was gonna get i had no idea i just knew i only knew her from saving silverman that's like my whole amanda right. pete catalog and i remember in that movie going oh steve's on got to have burger juice off of her upper booty yeah. area like i remember being all oh she's so good looking I, I I didn't know this movie existed. I probably would have been all like, hey, let's rent that one. Let's see what's going on there. That's funny. You know, I, <laughs> right, I don't remember her being topless at all. And I've seen this movie plenty of times. And then when it came up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It, I think it's because it's almost, it's, it's not really sexual. It's almost uncomfortable. You almost want to go, here, Amanda Pete, we get it. You're attractive. You have nice breasts. Put on a shirt. Nah, I think what it is, what she's doing, and I think she actually does it pretty well, is she's portraying somebody who uh, is a little bit amoral. And by that, I don't, I don't, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm not implying all... anything about, you know, whatever. But she, her, her They're great hope, her great hope in life is to become a, a hit person. <laughs> right. And, uh, and she, and, and she'll, you know, whatever it takes to do that. None of this is like exploiting her she's exploiting herself she's like no nah, this is a great idea i'm gonna be topless in this window and harlan williams ain't gonna, ain't gonna know what to do with it like it's right. it's it's like yeah. she's in charge does, of it and i kind of i kind of like that compared to the way that most movies do this you know but does it right. set the, the the women's revolution and the hitman industry back a few uh thousand years when the only way a hit, a hit woman can, can uh <laughs> make her way in the world is by being topless yeah and the hit, well, and, and the only way to distract a professional killer is a right, topless woman exactly. yeah. yeah well and it's part of the larger stupidity of the movie where it's like everybody recognizes these people instantly no they wouldn't i'm sorry not everybody in in your neighborhood wants to be a contract killer blah 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 like the the yeah. movie just establishes these things like they're just common and it's a weird conceit 
I I, mm-hmm. I I agree. I think okay. So I've got a theory. I think okay. the entire movie hinges on everybody in the '90s was trying to find their Pulp Fiction, yeah. and yeah. and and I don't think this is even near the mark. But this is an attempt to do that. This is like those seven. But they got Bruce Willis. Well, yeah, but this is like the seven bags with heads in it. What was that movie called? Uh, seven heads in a duffel bag. Yeah. <laughs> Eight heads in a duffel bag. Eight heads in a duffel bag. Uh, the one with uh, Jeremy the whole Piven. Nine heads in a duffel bag. What, what was the one where they killed the hooker early in the movie in Vegas and then spent the whole movie covering it up? And it was a huge cast. Every movie ever. Jeremy Piven was uh, in the it. 90s. Um, I can't remember it. Yeah, uh, but the, everybody was doing one of these. And, yeah. and it was the thing to do. And it was edgy. And you'd take it places that people probably didn't expect. But nobody quite figured it out. Nobody was doing quite what tarantino had figured out how to do and do it well and i think we were finally starting to trail off on these and there weren't going to be very many more beyond that like i can't that's true most most of these did kind of uh fall into the straight to video market yeah like just a couple years later yeah it's all pulp fiction wannabe stuff and this movie felt like it was like uh in a penthouse right with jeremy piven yeah Um, and they and they accidentally pushed a, a a lady of the night into a shower head or something Something like that. It was yeah. kind of awful. Val Kilmer? Was Val Kilmer in that one? He might have been. I don't remember. This was when he was and, still. And, and, and Jeremy Piven is not Kevin Pollack. No, um, no, he's not. I, I completely forgive Kevin Pollack, a comedian, for taking a a role that I'm sure to him at the time was very choice. Hmm. I just don't understand where were the adults in the room to go, let's maybe try this without the stupid accent. And let's not have him be so dumb, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's, uh, he's... Smoking Aces is the one I'm trying to remember. By oh, the way, but... right, right, oh, it's right. a great movie. Well, yeah, uh, uh, no, it isn't. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Go ahead. Um, but but you know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand how in the construction of this movie, that, like there's a lot of things that go wrong, and you would think some of them, you know, would have been like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have the the dastardly mob boss not be so dumb not be so you know bad at english etc mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i mean he was he could have been better i love kevin pollock so it's kind of like i do too i'll just take yeah. it or whatever in fact he did a bunch of other stuff with willis let's see he was in uh what were the other movies he did together oh here it is they worked on the whole 10 yards together i don't know how that happened he's in it somehow yeah mm-hmm. Um, the same way uh, Dan uh, comes back on Roseanne, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> also, also trope alert: mm. uh, you you have a movie with a number name in it, mm-hmm. so the sequel increments the number even when it's not the same number as the movie. Yeah, it also just is, I mean sure. it just throws away the point of whatever n- nine yards means. Like, yeah, just add another well, yard. It's dumb. It, yeah, I mean, but the whole nine yards too. I mean, I I I, I support their decision to do that. I, I don't. I support I, I their don't. decision not to have a sequel. They shouldn't have made one. <laughs> I, don't, it I don't think. I, think I don't think the sequel to Randy, Ocean's Eleven. Randy, Randy, quite contrary. <laughs> no, contrandy. Randy, Randy, quite contrandy. Come on, get it straight. Okay, all right. <laughs> I like that. That sounds good. Anyway, but, it's just uh, a trope. It's just something you do. He also was in Hostage with him. He was also in Cop Out with him. So uh, apparently, we've got a lot the, of Pollock Bruce. Willis. The sequel to Lucky Number Eleven has to be Lucky Number Slate. Yeah. Oh, there's another yeah. one. That's another one. Lucky number seven. That's another. Uh, hey, we should be like Pulp Fiction movie. Uh, oh yeah. We right. should. We should make a list. There's a list. I'm sure there's a list to be had. 
Oh, oh have I told people about filmsackstats.com yet? No. Oh, no, we need to. Okay, filmsackstats.com. If you go there, uh, it's kind of the, the, the sequel to Most Sacked. And it's uh, awesome. It's this uh, really, really well put together. Uh, so, is there site. any movers and shakers this week that uh, took a big move thanks to us doing the whole nine yards? Well, let's see. I'm going to hide TV shows, and I'm I going feels to. Like we've seen so much Bruce Willis on this show, but mm-hmm. have yeah. we? Our number one top build actor remains Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, we don't even have Bruce Willis in our top ten. Hmm. Uh, if you don't look at only top build our number one is thomas rosales jr who has been in a ton of shit i don't even think we've mentioned his name before but he's number one on the list with 17 appearances and then schwarzenegger stallone danny trejo and so on uh a lot more uh max von Sydow than you thought you'd seen (laughs) stuff like that anyway (laughs) the new site is awesome and it breaks down writers decades directors producers actors genres it's all very interactive very cool uh Absolutely worth uh, checking. It says here, latest episode, whole nine yards, uh, Star Trek Connections, zero. Although we found okay. one. Okay. Uh, I, I guess that won't be filled in until after the show, right? Uh, I don't know. It's a good point. We Unless don't, we don't give that information to them. I'm assuming they must key that part in. He might He might be doing it. Um, so here it is. Bruce Willis, total number of appearances on Film Sack, seven is all. That seems low. Uh, I, or I guess I'm surprised. We should probably fix that and get more Bruce Willis going on. What was the other Michael Clark Duncan movie we watched? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan at two. Um, Armageddon? Yeah. Armageddon, yeah. He was in Armageddon. Oh, yeah, Armageddon. I can never remember, like, that's one of those ones that I thought we'd seen for the longest time, and then when we eventually <laughs> did see it. I'm trying to remember if we actually did see it, if it was just, if, or if it was uh, just. A I dream. one day long what? after Film Sack has ended, and the and the show hasn't been made. There's not a new episode of Film Sack for 15 years. I hope that the archive is only Armageddon. <laughs> right. <laughs> the mo- the most surprising bit. thing to me was Stephanie Biddle was in Timeline. Was she an act- actress or was she just uh, I don't musical? Know. I that? don't know. Oh, no idea. really? Biddle? Yeah. Is that the thing? Is that the thing the I bought? This soundtrack. The jazz yeah. singer in uh, the whole nine yards. The, it's that uh, device mm-hmm. that shoots warm water at my butt now. The biddle. Oh, <laughs> oh, and guys, guys, the whole jazz singer bookends was really good. I loved it. Movie. Yeah. It was all yeah. right. I hate that song at the end, though. I'm not a fan of that. Oh, one. What? what? Why? Because of They're what, it, what it stands for? No, I just have never enjoyed it. I just don't. It's an annoying, and I love that era. That's a that's, weird thing to not like. Yeah. As a jazz right song. to know. I'm going to need more background on why you don't like that. <laughs> I like. I, can't accept I this. like jazz and old timey jazz and you know cabaret stuff and all that. I love it. That song in particular, though, annoys the hell out of me. And that rendition huh. even more so. I didn't like it. I loved it. Well, that's look. We can all have uh, things we love. Le- Last week at the Oscars, I was rooting against This Is Me for Best Original Song. <laughs> and everybody thought it was going to win, and it and it should have by all rights won. But I was rooting against it, and a friend of mine was just offended that I that I was rooting against <laughs> This Is Me, like the feel-good song of the winter or something. What was This yeah. Is Me? What movie was that from? Uh, oh. Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never mm. saw that. And... And it is it is a great song, and it is very uplifting, and and it's gone a long way, blah blah blah. Mm. But uh, I live in a place where we get micro targeted ads for for your consideration advertisements, mm-hmm. and oh my god, this is me was advertised to me every five minutes for three weeks. So is this and, the one? This is the one with the Walmart looking lady, the the curly hair kind of bigger lady. 
Is that the song? <laughs> Walmart looking like well, he did right. a commercial for wow. Walmart in his first in, during the Oscars. Oddly enough, yeah, that might be where he makes like. I maybe she looks like somebody. She looks like somebody I'd see at a Walmart for whatever reason. Her name is Kayala Settle, and she's fantastic. Oh no, she was like, she was belting it out, man. She was she's killing the bear, it. Uh, the bearded lady, right? Yeah. Yes, in the movie. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. When she so, got up and sang, that's literally when I stopped doing everything because I've been told in my life. Don't stop until the fat lady sings, and I, I stopped. <laughs> Everything but, I was doing, I stopped right then. But there were like there were like two big upsets this year at Send the Oscars. Your emails too. <laughs> please, please do. I couldn't resist. There were, it's funny. There were there were two huge upsets at the Oscars. Uh, Icarus beating Faces Places. And this thing. Well, I don't I, even I, know what category Icarus and Faces. And I watched the Oscars, and I even had a. Those were short films. films? Long-form documentary. Oh, long-form documentary. Oh, Icarus was the, uh, right, the doping, the Russian doping thing. Yes, right. Did that win Um, or lose? No, that won, didn't it? Icarus won. won. Yeah, Yeah, that one won, because the Russians are all freaking drug heads, potheads. (laughs) Because that was one vote they couldn't control. Yeah, they (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh, Emmett, that was funny. The wow. one vote right, they couldn't I'll take, buy I'll take, or those, I'll take some of those emails now. Thank you very that much. That was really good. <laughs> Redirect. Uh, a lot of people agree with you. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, filmstats.com. Or filmstats.com. Okay. Uh, it's awesome. Anyway, go check that out. All right. What else? Uh, oh, I guess that's it. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Uh, the flies. I was curious about the flies. Uh, found out. Hmm. Oh, yeah, this trivia on this one is pretty interesting. So I guess the house they were filming in was full of flies, whether they liked it or not. It was just part of the production problem. And so when they started showing up in scenes like Matthew Perry trying to blow one out of his face and all that, they decided, eh, whatever, just play with it. Let's just go with it. And they did that. And I did, what I noticed later is when they weren't in that house anymore, they were still having flies buzz around, making sounds, I mean, not showing on camera. It's like hmm. somebody said, oh, well, we have to keep this fly theme up. And then they just stopped doing it. <laughs> so that's why it's chick in the bucket for me. Because it was just gotcha. like, flies, yes. flies, flies, it, more it, flies, it happened, okay, no more flies. But they, didn't they imply that it ended uh, when they killed Gogliak? It wasn't, wasn't he the fly around all the problems? Oh, was that supposed because, to be? You and your, wow, you and your myth, mythological... <laughs> Water because means something. As, blah, blah, blah. as he was as he was dying, uh, there was a fly around him, and then uh, Amanda Pete uh, blew away the final fly uh, in, in the final scene where it happened, and that was that was it, right? That was the last time it showed up. I was assuming. Can you that imagine the trash? Mo- I assume that the trash was taken out. At that uh, point. Listen, it, it, can you imagine a more? <laughs> I can't uh, just standing there naked with a fly buzzing around you. That's just awful. Oh, yeah. yeah, nobody wants this. That's that's regularly uh, for me though. Right. Every time I, I get off my clothes. <laughs> what do the bud the flies come out or or do they appear? Yes, come out. That too. <laughs> yeah, they see my name three times. I take off my clothes and flies. Buzz right. They, yeah. they come buzzed we, out and they're going. They're gasping for air. Maybe not my mouth. <laughs> yeah, you're the candy yeah, so man. Like we're we're inventing yeah. the new thing that grossed out Scott the most. It's like <laughs> while talking on the on the podcast, right. like yeah. grossed out Scott the most. Yeah. Also, just micro images of Matthew Perry's teeth and tongue and all that. I didn't need that. Mm. I didn't. I didn't need that in my life. I could have no, gone on without those it. opening segments. A little rough. I, that was the one of the other things I wrote down for what gross got out the most. Yeah, but yeah. It, but for me, it's barf breath. Uh, let's why, see. Why is yeah. why is squeezing toothpaste to have a tube gross? I don't know why, but just in that opening because segment, it was too big. Anything like with a, a macro lens. Yes, it's right. gross because what you're seeing is you're seeing 
physics and nature in a way that you don't normally have to view it. <laughs> So you yeah. end up seeing, imagine, like, it looks like a big poo coming out of the back of that thing. I was going to say, imagine that instead of fluorescent blue, it was brown, and that's why it's, <laughs> it's gross to look at. Yeah, he's making a poo. There yeah. are definitely things that if you get up close, they're beautiful. You get to see crystalline structures you wouldn't have otherwise, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I'm telling you, like, we have these beautiful snails in this neighborhood, and they're, uh, like, everywhere you go in the morning, they're crossing the sidewalk. They're beautiful snails. A uh, friend of mine got a macro lens, put it on his iPhone, got up close to a snail. Ugly. Oh, yeah. Scary ugly. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say the phrase beautiful snails, but then I would also they're like to gorgeous. say. <laughs> they're gorgeous. They're colorful. They're these beautiful big swirls. They're large. They're, you know, like yeah. they're like, uh, you know, the size of a, uh, of a 50 cent piece. This yeah, kind you of thing. Fry, the, fry those up. But uh, they, they, the reason mm -hmm. I say that is uh, it's a good band name. Beautiful Snails mm -hmm. is a good band beautiful name. Snails. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, no kidding. Somebody should take that. Yeah, I would totally uh -huh. do that if I was starting a band, but I'm not. Uh, okay. Then the other thing I wanted to say was I don't know where he lives up there in Canada, but uh, those lawns are too big and I wouldn't want to mow them. It's just the one thing I noticed is a lot of lawn between him and Bruce Willis's house. And a lot of slope right. going on, and all I could think of is I don't care how good your mower is, unless it's a riding one, f it, f off. It was. I'm not. It was your needed lawn. by the story, right? You needed to have a lot of distance so people wouldn't hear gunshots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like the 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 countryside outside of Montreal felt like it was where billionaires live. Yeah, it was crazy. The other thing I noticed is this is a thing movies like its ilk do, and it and it. It ruins it for me. It makes this mistake of being this kind of fun, kind of off-the-wall, slapsticky kind of thing for most of the movie. And then it makes this mistake in the last third or quarter where it just takes itself too seriously. Where suddenly Matthew Perry's I, making I actually, very serious faces liked, about how I actually he, liked how it went from being a... Uh, it, and this is what I think about the yards, Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a reason because... We're kind of implying that Bruce Willis's character is in a witness relocation, and so he's he's moving to like a little suburban area, which was kind of a popular idea even even throughout the '90s. You ever see My Blue Heaven? Yeah, oh yeah, with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis, where uh, where he's you know he's he's a mob informer and he ends up uh, trying to lay low in in a community. Uh, such Arugula. as that. So, you know, the, the, Arugula. Good, might be yeah. might be my favorite. You know what? Might be my favorite hitman. That's a great outside movie. of the hitman world. Movie right of all time, yeah. I yeah. think I, I, I great. Think, I can't That's think of anything movie. more than that movie. That movie's and really great. Martin is so over the top, but you, but it's not. It doesn't feel as distracting as Roseanne Arquette's uh, <laughs> fake French accent. No, that right. made me want to die. Of, speaking of Steve Martin, and he played one of the greatest dentists of all time. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, you know, it's funny we were talking about horrors. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. forgot to mention that one. You know yeah, what? So I am. I am a my walk of film shame. Still, never seen Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, oh, you should totally see both of them. See the old one and the and the more recent one. You could kind of disagree. The Corman one. <laughs> it's so yeah. slow and painful. Wait, that's a Roger Corman yeah. thing? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's one like of some, his first. Something we should and, watch. And uh, also one of the first uh, appearances of Nicholson, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Of Jack Nicholson? That was, the first, that was one of the first times I had seen him, other than... One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I think that was my first. Oh wait, well, how old is that? That's that's old then. Eighties, early, right? Uh, uh, no, maybe seventies, late 70s, 70s, probably seventy-eight, something like that. Yeah, because by eight, well, if you're talking eighties, Nicholson was established by then. He was killing it by then. Oh, but not the uh, Little Shop of Horrors. It was older. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. That's a lot older, right? Had to be. Uh, ooh, right. You... So, but I did like the way it went into a you eating a corn nut. What is into... that? Is that a corn nut? <laughs> what is it? It changed. It changed into a heist movie. Yeah, Welcome but the film snack. No, the snack film snacks. <laughs> Welcome well, to film I'd snack. Actually, I, I'd actually taken a drink out of my drink, and an ice cube came oh, in with it's it. Ice. Okay. It and sounded I could, like a and corn I couldn't nut. Get, I couldn't get the uh, ice back out. It's a. <laughs> and so it was like it was like I'm gonna swallow this, or I gotta chew it really quick. One of the two. Something's gonna happen. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta pick your pick, pick your poison and just go for it. I get it. Right. Gotta anyway, sorry, it. you were saying. Well, I didn't mean to. I, I liked the fact that it turned into kind of like a heist movie near the end. You know, so I don't mind like, the heist part. I just think they took themselves too seriously. It was like Matthew yeah. Perry suddenly got all, I really do love you and we should be together. And it's just, I don't know. It sounded <laughs> shitty at the end. It just didn't, it just wasn't as fun at the end as it could have been. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all. I like the heist. I like the plan. I like screwing everybody over. I like the mom and the, and the wife getting hosed. I liked all that. I just mm. thought, I don't know. I just got too like, rom-com at the end i don't know well, right and right, and there's right. also like i i hate to call for realism in a movie like this but there's a point where bruce willis has just been killing everybody and oh wow he even just killed michael clark duncan like you realize oh he's he's a killer and he may as well have killed everybody he came into contact with yeah right you know? yeah and mm-hmm. that kind of made you question the whole time and because they made a very specific uh action to make all these characters likable even though you shouldn't like him. Yeah. You shouldn't like a killer, a hitman. You shouldn't like it at That's all. That's at least two times now that Bruce Willis's character has gotten Michael Clark Duncan's character killed in a movie, or is at least responsible <laughs> yeah, for true. it. You know, because he didn't overtly kill him in Armageddon, but he's pretty much responsible for him dying up there. On the and moon. if you watch the uh, deleted scenes of uh, of the Green Mile, you can see oh that. yeah, I forgot right, about right. that, that too. <laughs> true story. But <laughs> who's responsible for animal crackers and Liv Tyler's belly button? Who? <laughs> Really, that, uh, we gotta get no. We give Michael that to Bay. yeah, Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Michael Bay. There's no Clark Duncan on the end of that. Michael, he knows exactly what he was doing there. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna play some uh, some clips if you guys are inclined to hear them. Sure. Uh, there's not a ton because it's kind of a movie that you know has a few, but you know it's not. There's like a lot of visual top. stuff that doesn't translate well to audio clips, probably. I agree, but I like this sound effect. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty useful. Yeah, I have a Casio keyboard as well. Mm. <laughs> uh, I was very dumb use of that in there. But anyway, here's the best car beating on film sack history. So we've ever, oh. I don't know if we've ever had a good car beating, but this is a beating of a car that I really enjoyed. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Actually, that whole, that whole bit of him like just hating his life and doing that even while he's in the middle of driving down the road and they're just going back to normal that i can't you know the there was some slapstick that i think worked really well and matthew perry is kind of the master of it especially falling into lamps and behind couches and stuff like that yeah that was one of the things i thought was really well done and i agree it made me laugh i'll give him credit there here's a weird sound he made and it was right when he found out who bruce willis was and he made this sound that's it <laughs> okay. He goes, oh, okay, wow. Okay, okay. Here's uh, Bruce Willis's laugh, which I found kind of grating. <laughs> kind of annoyed me. Yeah, so that, that was pretty bad. Uh, here's Maybe you the... want to drink some Seagram's wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Exactly. That was about the era, right? For that, it was. Yeah. Here was Hollywood. Uh, Planet oh, no, Hollywood was, a thing then? Earlier than that. What's that? When was Planet Hollywood hit the big deal for them? 
for him? Uh, mid nineties, early nineties, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. I think by then maybe they were done with that. I can't remember. I anyway, think so. here's this horrible accent. You pig! You disgust me. There's a known killer living right next door who might slaughter us in our sleep, and you won't even lift a finger. That's right. I hate it so bad. I hate it <laughs> really bad. Oh, I hate it so much. You could have I hired couldn't figure anybody. out what they were going for there. I, I, were they trying to be comedically bad? I don't know. It's not on. It's it's not fair to her though. She's a good actress. She's done good work. She don't need. She didn't need this. She in was. Her life. She was a great as a who in Whoville. Oh, she a who in Whoville? <laughs> I was kidding. No, I don't I think mean, so. I mean, uh, you know, desperately seeking Susan. Name another <laughs> really good Rosanna Arquette role. Maybe I'm thinking of Patricia Arquette. I get all the Arquettes. About the Arquettes, none of them look alike. No, they all feel like they have different parents. Isn't that weird? That is really weird. Like I don't know, the blonde sister doesn't look anything like the others. Like uh, what's his name? Arquette looks like nobody. But think of this: his wife. Think of this: Chandler's wife is being played by the sister of the ex-husband of the woman he eventually married on Friends. I was going to say, there's probably a shorter way to say that. There probably is. Kevin Bacon was in both things or something like that. You know who else doesn't look alike, Brian, is all the Jones in Hollywood, like Doug Jones and Duncan Jones and Rashida Jones. Uh, They don't look anything like Catherine Zeta-Jones. But they're not related. These guys are all actual brothers and sisters, I thought. Aren't they? Yes, they are. They're all related. There's... There's no Arquette that you've heard of yeah. that is not related to all the other Arquettes but, you've heard but of. But these three in particular are definitely related. Randy's making the example of a bunch of Joneses who have nothing to do with each other. So just... They have something to do with each other. Well, they have something to do with each other. All right. Fair enough. Here's a... Uh, I wrote, I miss him here. I'm sorry. I, I must have the wrong... What room are you looking for? Oh, my gosh. Listen to that guy oh, talk. voice. What yeah. room are you looking for? Dave does not exist. Oh, man. That's so good. That was one of my favorite. I love that scene. Yeah, it's good. He's well, just we so. We still have Ving Rams. We do, but <laughs> we also still have, we still have Tiny Lister. It's also yeah. slightly racist to say we still have Ving Rams. That's fine. No, I mean you That's know it's, it's the same kind of character <laughs> that we. Pulp Fiction, the Pulp Fiction effect. You've got us all. Well, the reason I say it, it is everybody I talk to can't keep them straight. They don't know which one's which. So they really? say, "Oh, I totally." Oh, I love Ving, Ving Rams. Was Michael, so good in the in the Green Mile, and I also my hand right. because I know I've made that mistake. <laughs> really, I yes. Michael Clark Duncan. Maybe I love him too much. Maybe that's the problem. Prior and to I, looking up IMDb when I was watching Whole Nine Yards, if you would have said uh, who was in Armageddon, I would have said, "Oh, it's Ving Rhames." But no, it's like, okay, that one's Michael right. Clark. Yeah, hey, I'm, hold I'm, on a second, Dunaway. Sorry, you posted something in the chat—a photo of three dudes with their shirts off. Is that also from that Big Tooth movie? No, it's not. Okay, no, what that is was that? That was, that was a response to Randy's uh, a bashing of a smoking aces, and I'm like, mm. I'm like, but dude. That's- that defense smoking aces? Uh, that guy no, in the no, middle. But it, but it was a comment towards uh, uh, the stereotyping. Oh, right, right, right. right. But the guy in the totally middle, the, the dude, the actor in the middle, is uh, that's Beanfork from uh, 310 to Yuma. Right, I freaking right. love oh, that wow. guy. Guy from Lost. Yeah. The Blob uh, from uh, yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine. I love him. Oh, my gosh. That's one of my favorite yeah. dudes who I don't know his name, but he's so good. All right. Uh, here's another weird sound that someone made. <laughs> 
That's when he was like, don't hit me anymore. Just about, no, 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 just no, no, about, yeah. Right. Just about any weird noise is going to be Chandler. That's going to be Matthew. He sounds, he sounds like you aggroed a, like, troll in a Diablo <laughs> game. <laughs> like a, yeah, totally. It's like a murloc with a cold or something. You want to know awesome you need, uh, that needs to be in a video game yeah, that's, that's an aggro sound swear words right there yeah it's pretty good all right here's um there's some you mind if i piss a little blood first Ugh. Ugh. yeah <laughs> i do mind actually if you piss a little blood first if you're asking the truth i, I do mind yeah. um here's a i don't know what this is a rodent a rodent oh let's <laughs> keep put the t way at the end <laughs> here it comes wait for it <laughs> What a weird thing yeah, to have so easily just had Kevin Pollock be, you know, do the right. just regular Kevin Pollock voice. It would have been just fine. They didn't need to have him have a weird J's yeah. as Y's and yeah, you know. I didn't. I didn't get that either. They they didn't go deep enough into that. If you're gonna, yeah, yeah, Worman. If you're gonna if you're gonna dig into it, dig deep. So yeah, the V's right. were W's and the J's were Y's. Yes, it doesn't go, make any go sense. All the way or don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. right. This halfway thing is dumb. All right, 90 percent normal talk, ten percent your words are wrong. I don't get that. It's not right. It's not. Mm-mm. It's not just funny. It's kind of just perplexing. It's like why? What? It's just sad. It is just sad. Just, I want to. I want to cry right now. It's here's a we like on this show, and there's a, somebody barfs loud. So here's a loud barf. <laughs> it's not really that accurate, but whatever. that was an interesting. Yeah, that's not what barfing sounds like. No, yeah. no. I'm a loud barfer, but I don't do that. <laughs> Especially the blah. That's, that's like uh, that's the barf and clear your throat simultaneously. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Going on there. Yeah, brush your teeth for two days at least before you make out with Natasha. <laughs> uh, say the name of the movie. That's why Jimmy wants to kill you because if he kills you and Yanni, let's not forget about Yanni. Then he gets the money, all of it, the whole nine yards. The whole nine. It's like almost yards. whispered, like there. Uh, gotta say the name of the movie. All right, I'm gonna whisper. Yeah, I'll just say it really quiet. Uh, uh, the guy's name, his name being Yanni, just threw me the whole time because <laughs> you're thinking he's gonna come out with a a mullet and a guitar. Yeah, I did in a white suit. You know, yeah, I went to a Yanni just, concert. He didn't have a guitar. What did he play? No, was he played just the... he just had regular keyboards and stuff. I think. Yeah, but I played uh, or I saw him in concert, an outdoor concert in Park City once, and um, mm-hmm. I have regrets about that. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not enjoy but myself very much. Free? And also traffic. Can I go home now? Traffic was garbage. I remember that day just being so bad. And we blew a tire and we didn't get home till like two. Oh, oh so it wasn't Yanni's <clears throat> fault. Are you blaming <clears throat> your flat tire on Yanni? Yes. All flat tires. Was he on a, <laughs> was he on a double billing with Zamfir? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but good call. It may have been. John he Tesh. may have actually had John Tesh there. Yeah. It may have actually had an opener by John Tesh. John, you no, know, John Tesh always has the greatest advice. Does he? Watching, what, What's his advice? He has a show with advice. What is it? Uh, yeah, just every every week he's always it's like he does a little music countdown and he gives you a little advice. What's this from? Where what can I get this? On? Yeah, like satellite radio or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it is on Sirius. Is it on Sirius Radio? Sirius F- Sirius yeah. FM? Whatever. <laughs> I, I, and then he gives advice. Let's see, like, John Tesh show. Yeah, I've heard it. I've, not on purpose, but I've been like flipping through, you know, the channels and going, "Oh, let's listen to this," and that's some decent music. And then John Tesh will come on and give you the latest weight loss advice. What, here's weird. a question: If you were just shuffling all of Spotify, what right. are you listening to right before Spotify throws John Tesh in your face? Right, I don't listen to Spotify in that capacity but yes okay but what would it be what were you listening what are you listening to 
<laughs> yes. to up to the point that John Tesh would come on Spotify. If John mm-hmm. Tesh was on Spotify. He is. Uh, I, I want to say maybe some Metallica. Probably hmm. Metallica. Hmm. So okay. the show is called Intelligence for Your Life. It's a nationally syndicated radio show. So you can you can go to Tesh.com and see where it's showing where it's playing, but uh in your in your area. But it's also um apparently there's a podcast. Okay. And I know what those are. Their their tabs, instead of I mean, they've got like about us, concert dates, podcast, find the show, blah, blah, blah. Then they have another set of tabs for just topics that they talk about called sleep, health. Money, pets. That's the ones well, always catch. Okay, pets or money? Uh, no, sleep. I want to know his advice <laughs> because, because it, it works every time he talks about sleep. About he calls you right so fat is one of their things. Really, huh. I can tell you, yeah. feed him too much. That's the, why the do not touch zones of cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's just a fact. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. anus, foot, belly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, wow, I don't need John Tesh to tell me that, but oh, yeah. I love this. That's pretty great to hear what I he's doing. I love the fact that he like plays music and then he gives advice. Like I'm just I'm just picturing him like that he stops playing and turns to the camera and says, you know, pickles. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. Pickles have a shelf life. You know and what? You should not that, ingest pickles. I want after. the music to play. I want it to be the NBA theme he made, and then and then that. <laughs> and then have it turn off and go listen we've all had a cat don't touch his anus let me tell you about the five places on a cat you should never touch and then says that that goes back to i have that theme somewhere but i can't find it anyway whatever uh let's play this have you heard a worse sound than this uh, 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 uh. Okay, there's more. Man. Uh, here comes the second time. Uh, I, uh, ah! Yeah, that's that's horrible. That's PTSD inducing. Yeah, I can't even. I'm supposed to have a dental appointment on Tuesday. I actually have to cancel it. I'm not. That's sad. Not because After of watching this, this movie. It's like nope, this. nope. It's definitely not because of this. But I kind of, I'm kind of glad be honest uh here's best laugh best lady laugh in the movie here you go there you go there's that Amanda P. yeah uh, dork. love it there's another one what's wrong with you i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that part made me laugh a few yeah. parts did the fart made me laugh here's that scene <laughs> they're trying to be all quiet in there matthew perry farts i don't know good fart joke always works on me <laughs> And whatever this means. I I do. What? I hired you. I oh. I do. I I do. Really? <laughs> but but in French. I I do. I I do. I I do. I hate it so much. Yeah. I I do. Eric <laughs> absolutely and should have requested another take. <laughs> yes, dude. There dude. were times it didn't feel like there was a director present. <laughs> Like you I just I left do. a note on the on the kitchen yeah. counter saying, "Here's what I need you guys yeah, to do." Right. Here's the camera <laughs> scenes today. The I'll camera's be back running. I <laughs> shot do. list. Good so, luck. So dumb. All right. Um, all right. Well, that's it for that. How about one of these here deals? Uh, film sack checklist goes like this. Those were almost Kathy Griffin's boobs. Check. Ooh. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. I mean, you know, no offense. But Can't whatever. imagine her in the role of Amanda Peet. No, 
Uh, no, it's a. It would have been no. the wrong choice. I don't want yeah. that idea in my head, and you know why? Mm. No, I know why. Okay, I know all right. Uh, Bruce Willis looks <laughs> dumb in an Andy Cap hat. Check. And uh, I like, like the hat. It's like Breaking Bad, but more dumb. Check. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Trek stuff. There is one person, so it turns out I do have one connection. Gerald Quist. He is uh, Bruce Willis's, at least on this film, personal makeup artist. Uh, he just sat there and did his makeup for shots and things. There's nothing fancy going on, just makeup for camera. On TNG, though, he was a makeup artist and for the first six seasons of Star Trek uh, uh, TNG, looks like, and Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, he also did makeup work on. So he does both uh, Klingon faces and Bruce Willis faces. So, <laughs> uh, in either case, yeah. there's a lot of forehead to work with. He also <laughs> says here he created Armus, the oil slick in the TNG first season episode, Skin of Evil. Isn't that the one that killed? Uh... That's the one how that kills you... Tasha Yar. Yeah. Wow. How, do you, how do you create an oil slick? All right. What I need here is some uh, well, if you're bald, oil. You just... Yeah. Ah! He got eight nominations, eight, uh, oh. sorry, eight Emmy nominations uh, during his time on TNG and won two of them. That's pretty good. It's pretty speaking good. Of, speaking of hair products, that one scene with Matthew Perry and uh, Mike Clark Duncan when they're sitting there and they got that weird Batman angle going on, uh, the camera shot, you could, there's just so much product in his hair. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Tons. I, I thought we were done by 2000 with no, that much product. No, they're, listen, he's a yeah. he's a hitman. Those guys mm. lay it in thick. That's how they do it. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't, don't uh, look at Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, slithering. Um, hey, uh, soundtrack, <laughs> soundtrack, gate, great. <clears throat> he really does. He looks like the kid. Uh, he does. Yeah. Slithering kid. Malfoy. Yeah, Draco. <laughs> Malfoy. <laughs> totally Draco Malfoy. All right. Uh, uh, what's this here? Oh, soundtrack, great. I give it a barely there. I I really don't remember it. Like, I love the soundtrack. Well, but you so- hated it. It was so leftover. We have all this stuff left over from other 90s films that we cut on, uh, left on the cutting room floor. The do 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 You know, the saxophone. Yeah. So it's like, here, take whatever you need from the floor. We don't need this anymore. Make your movie with it. It just was kind of not memorable. I mean, the jazz stuff, it's fine. I hate that last song, but we've already discussed that. Let's do. We've discussed it. Yeah. We still don't get why, but I hated it. Let's get to the Twitter post. This is where you guys in 280 characters or less sum up this film in the way you know best. Let's start with Randy. The whole nine yards. A perfectly forgettable little comedy from a simpler time when Matthew Perry was still a thing. This movie is so forgettable that I've already. (laughs) Muted yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, forgotten it. Well done. Uh, also brian dunaway the whole nine yards this movie it'll kill you for a quarter hashtag no mayo hashtag there will be mayo i forgot about the mayo (laughs) reference yeah like that was not a funny running joke nope nope i I don't understand like i guess i I guess the screenwriter went to montreal and found a lot of mayonnaise and is that a thing funnier if it wasn't drilled home so much yeah ah drilled home yeah oh well Ah. done well done but hold on is mayo a thing if i go to montreal they're gonna be mayo on everything is that well on your fries and probably your burger oh that is gross So, yes, the answer is yes. So, I'm just right. saying. So both, so both these guys are from Chicago, right? And there's and there's always, uh, uh, in Chicago, they're quite uh, sure of how they like their food, right? Isn't that their, like, I don't know. jam? 
don't, don't aren't they like, oh, you don't make hot dogs like this. You do it like this. Well, you yeah, do it they, any they, other they, way. They got the wrong. whole deep If only pizza. they had portrayed it like that, then it could have been funny. There yeah. you go. Right. Have it be a deep dish pizza or hot dogs or something like that. <laughs> I love the Agreed. idea, though. If I go to Montreal, is there going to be a lot of mayonnaise? Well, only on all the food. <laughs> right, right. It's only there. It's only there everywhere. All right. Uh, don't put it on pasta, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, that sounds awful. Uh, Brian Ibbett, you've browned it out here. Sure. The whole nine yards. The whole nine. The whole nine. And the whole nine. However the hell you spell those. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm going to I'm gonna need to see those Twitters. You were at least yeah. you were at least two of the three stooges just then. That was really cool. <laughs> oh, now we got all three. Well, there you there. go. There there you go. Finished it out. There's the hat trick. Yeah. Nicely let's done. All impersonate our, let's all impersonate our favorite Mark's brother. I'll be Harpo. All right. You be Harpo and don't say a word. Uh, this just handed me. We have some alternate titles on this card. It was just handed to me here. Uh, these were what they almost were. It was almost called, but mom, do I have to mow the whole nine yards? <laughs> get it because there's like nine yards of mowing lawns all right anyway uh and then almost called feels like a whole nine hours <laughs> all right there you go it's pretty good all right email address from daniel lindholm came to us at filmsack at gmail.com and he says the following words in typewritten form hello filmsackers your show saved my life after the terrible tsunami that happened here in japan March 11th, 2011. It was a crazy day for sure. And my life was, uh, and my wife was over in Korea for an insane amount of shopping. Meanwhile, I was witnessing that's a weird little jab about the shopping. <laughs> insane <laughs> amount of shopping. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I was witnessing the nuclear power plant in the Fukushima area exploding. Crazy Alex Jones spinning his leftover brain. And I'm trying to process the best information to make sure I was doing everything correctly to survive. But one thing was missing happiness in hard times. That's when I opened up to the podcast app for the first time, typing in my favorite words, movies, and your show was on top. I told myself that's a nice play on words. With my Swedish humor still intact, I browsed for some episodes and landed on Above the Law. The sound and presentation, the silky voice of Scott Fletcher as a mix of Kermit the Frog and God. I was laughing again. <laughs> he says, thanks guys for making my life on the other side of the world a joy. Loved the Die Hard episode and had to brace myself for Little Richard. You are married. Woo! joke uh you're with me everywhere i go when i travel the film sack crew keeps me in the best spot every day with best regards daniel lindholm is that a nice Aww. email feels so good a very nice email yeah that guy gets around swedish guy in japan's wife shopping in korea mm -hmm. blah, blah 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 can you believe it's been seven years uh, seven wow. years exactly since that tsunami that's crazy that feels wow. like seriously like not five minutes ago that's nuts time time's weird Guys, I keep saying this everywhere I go, but time's weird. Something's wrong with mm -hmm. it. My mm -hmm. perception of it's all broken. I mean, like, I remember exactly where I was. I remember being glued to the television, mm -hmm. uh, like, for days. Yeah. It's just amazing that it was that, it was that long ago, and the, the memories are still so clear. Yeah. 2011 feels like it, yesterday, but it was ages ago. Yeah. And I'm glad nothing else blew up. Everything's fine over there now, right? Don't they have that all locked uh, down until they, there's another they, hurricane? Another, they, uh, they have a never-ending ecological disaster really, really close to the Fukushima reactors. Mm. But yeah. other than that, other than that, as long as fine. They're, just don't have any more earthquakes, guys. <laughs> yeah. just a, You can control that, right? That's a thing that Japan can control. So good luck. And uh, 
hopefully uh, Daniel Lindholm will not be near the ground zero next time it happens. Uh, there you go. That's uh, our email. And you can send emails to filmsack at gmail.com. Our next film is, I don't know. What is it? What, the the, the nah. movie we're watching next week. Oh, you guys, you know the one. Um, that, oh, the that one. Next week. Uh, yes. That uh, one it's, was... it's the money pit. Oh, the oh, money pit. What? The, the we're, house. We're on a, yeah, we're on a, a second. Let me let me look for my DVD. I have it over somewhere. Oh my god, <laughs> we're on a we're on a string of middle aged comedies right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd uh, say so. The the Money Pit is probably going to be the last of that string, and we're going to watch some action movies after this. But it's uh, kind of funny. We're mm-hmm. going from a movie where the two main characters got their big break on TV shows and then went into movies, and the next thing we're going right. to watch is a big is a, a movie where <laughs> Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. <laughs> exactly, yeah. By the, right. By the way, this movie is a slog, but it is uh, it is something that I have mo- fond memories of. I don't that, think it's a slog. I, got, I liked it. I always liked it. This I... is a stressful movie for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it's is. meant to be, right? Like, it's supposed to yeah. give you that anxiety, especially as a homeowner, but I'm I have fond feelings for it. So. Yeah, well, anything I, yeah. anything with Yakov Shmirnov can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Yeah. I like how you say his name, Yakov Shmirnov. I always said Yakov. Is it not Yak? Is I, it Yak? I thought it was Yakov, too. Yeah. Okay. Did you jock off? <laughs> I like Starky Randy. We've got Starky Randy all day today. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, podcast listeners, they love debates about how to pronounce something. They do. It goes all the way back to Herb and Herb. It's uh, mm-hmm. never quite left us. Um, well, all right, then. That's the next movie we're going to do. Come back for the Money Pit next week right here on FilmSack. In the meantime, go to FilmSack.com. You can uh, comment, be part of the blog. There's uh, comments are turned on there, boy. You can just say whatever you want and have your way. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at FilmSack, and you can leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. And again, that email address is FilmSack at gmail.com. We love your feedback and uh, can't wait for more. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian. And for Randy, whoop, whoop, whoop. we'll see you next time. <laughs> I either do. <laughs> this show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I either do. I'm not going to have the consciousness to think about, oh, I'm laughing. I better push to right. talk. You come in on a midlife. <laughs> Brian, they call that that's uh, push to laugh. They call that push, push to, to laugh. laugh. P O L or P T P T L. P T L. Step away P-T-L. from like to laugh. Yeah. Now, hey, when does when does Ready Player One come out? Does it come out next weekend? No, it's the uh, two days before April Fools, which is uh, so weird. That and, is weird. That hmm. is weird. So thirtieth. Okay. March. March 30th. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that. I have a lot of reasons to like and be excited about that, but the main reason I want to I want that to come out is so I can get Dunaway's take on the latest Spielberg production. <laughs> oh, you're not going to like it. Probably oh, not. Already. already. I've, I've already I've already packed my luggage and I'm going to the theater with all kinds of baggage. Mm, yeah, sweet. It's oh. like, how can you race a DeLorean when you get to 88 miles per hour? You'll just disappear. It makes no sense. Well, it's in the virtual world, see? It's still a DeLorean. No. 88 miles per hour. Yeah, but you program that any way you want. There's a DeLorean in um, Rocket League, and I don't I don't go back in time in there. That's Rocket League, Scott. I do leave a trail is, of flames, which is this cool. Is, this is a Spielberg production. <laughs> 
Well, he produced he produced the original Back to the Future. Exactly. Oh, I <laughs> see. So you're so your your issues go way back. It's got it's yeah. not even about a new movie. What part of my luggage didn't you understand? <laughs> I got baggage. <laughs> <laughs>